Greetings, team heads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast powered by My Life Sports. I'm your host, Nilo Piro, back at it with the latest installment of this 20th and Blake podcast, the Colorado Rockies podcast powered by Mile High Sports. Really happy um, to have you guys here today on this lovely Monday afternoon that is an off day for the Colorado Rockies. A uh, lot to talk about today in regards to the Rockies, uh, including their series victory over the San Francisco Giants. Going to talk a little bit about an article I just read on Purple Row about reliever Brian Shaw. Uh, I'm going to go over my article that I wrote a few days ago from AllHighSports.com talking about the young bullpen arms and how they are the key to the future of the Rockies' uh, relief pitching. We'll also go over the National League West standings and the wildcard standings as well to just keep you guys updated as to where the Rockies stand around the game of baseball. But before we dive into all of the Rockies talk, please be sure to give me a follow on all that social media sphere stuff. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Media by AP and on Instagram at avp.media. Really, really do appreciate it when you guys give me a follow on those uh, platforms as it really helps just... Um, you know, make me a better reporter, you know, especially when you guys uh, interact and engage with my with my work, my stories, uh, those comments, all that stuff um, is really, really helpful for me, uh, helps me, you know, fine tune myself as a reporter. So like I said, um, be sure to give me a follow on those platforms and also be sure to stay locked on to everything that we have going on at MileHighSports.com. Uh, we are actually just in general at Mile High Sports as well. Uh, we just recently switched office studio locations. Uh, we are now down where all the big boys are in the radio business. So uh, lots of uh, exciting stuff going on down there at MHS. we got a brand new office, like I said, um, new furniture, the whole nine. Uh, it's looking good. Uh, the future of the company is very, very bright. So be sure to check us out um, online as well, milehighsports.com, where you can read about not just the Rockies, but the Broncos, the Nuggets, the Avalanche, the Rapids, the Buffs, the Rams, all that good stuff. Um, we have you locked in from head to toe in regards to all of your Colorado sports content. Um, you know, our crop of writers does a fantastic job of keeping you guys updated. And, you know, football season is right around the corner. So I know there's a lot of you uh, Rockies fans that also double down as Broncos fans. So uh, be sure to check out our Broncos coverage. The radio station, AM 1340, FM 1047, actually uh, was just broadcasting live from Broncos training camp. Um, you know, we've had some great access with the Broncos over the years. So we have, you know, one-on-one interviews, all that good stuff, um, just like we do here on our Rockies content. So be sure to check us out online at MileHighSports.com. And finally, the uh, the magazine, which is uh, my pride and joy, as much as as much writing as I do for the online side, um, writing for the magazine is always a little bit more invigorating. Um, it, it's just it's a blast to write for the magazine. It's a local version of Sports Illustrated, so um, you can find copies of Mile High Sports magazine all across the Front Range at King Supers, Albertson, Safeways, um, all the way from Foco to Castle Rock. So really a widespread there. Um, if it's out of your range, if you're listening out of the state, out of the country, all that good stuff, you can order the magazines online at MileHighSports.com. So so uh, that's where you can find all of our work. We really hope that you guys keep up on that. But uh, let's dive into some Rockies baseball here, shall we? Um, really quickly, just want to go over what transpired over the weekend for Colorado. So they finished up a homestand, um, split that homestand in regards to winning series. They lost that first one against the Los Angeles Dodgers, but managed to rally to solidify their first home series victory and their only home series victory versus the San Francisco Giants this season. Um, the Rockies yesterday winning 6-2 to do at, six to two at Coors Field. Um, and, and also just a, you know, a little bit of nostalgia here. Yesterday's was uh, Bruce Bochy, the manager of the San Francisco Giants, his last game ever as a manager at Coors Field. Um, Bochy is set to retire here at the end of this season after you know a, a myriad of years coaching the Giants and as well as the San Diego Padres. Obviously, he was uh, the head honcho of all those San Francisco teams that won all those World Series there in the, in the mid, oh, what is that? It was like a span of 20, 
you know, you know what I'm talking about, like 2010, 2012, 2014, uh, that every other year cycle, he was the head honcho over there. Um, he has uh, managed the most games at Coors Field for an opposing manager. Um, so he is uh, very, very familiar with Coors Field and all that has to offer. He uh, has managed over 200 games at 20th and Blake as well. Um, and he's averaged well over three pitching changes per game, which I think is very indicative um, for the struggle that is playing at Coors Field. But I just wanted to tip my cap to Bruce Bochy on a fantastic career. And uh, obviously yesterday being the last time he'll ever manage here at uh, 20th and Blake in Colorado. So that is that. But uh, it was a big day for the Rockies bats yesterday, specifically the two power guys in the middle of that lineup, Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. Story has just been absolutely phenomenal for the club this season, and he's really emerged as a top-tier shortstop around Major League Baseball. Um, you know, not just for his offense, but also for his defense. And he had a, a couple plays yesterday, both in the field and in the batter's box, that were just stellar. Um, yesterday, with the Rockies down two to one, Story comes up big and blasts that two. Uh, they were down one to nothing. Excuse me. Um, Story comes up big to crank that two-run home run to give them a lead in the first inning. Um, and, and he actually made history yesterday versus the Giants as he became the first Rocky, um, or he was the, it was his, what is it? Yes, sorry, I'm like reading this, these notes wrong. Um, story, he hit five consecutive, he hit five, oh my gosh, I am really screwing this one up. He is homered in five consecutive games versus the Giants. There we go. Ooh, I don't know why that was so hard to get out. But yes, he's homered in five consecutive games against the Giants, which is uh, surpassing a club record for the most uh, consecutive games with a home run against San Francisco. Um, and that was set by Andres Galarraga, um, which was set against the St. Louis Cardinals in the 1996 season. And he, Story also joins uh, Hall of Famers Mike Schmidt and Rogers and Rogers Horsberry as the only players to homer in five consecutive games versus the Giants. So um, good stuff from Story. And he also had a fantastic play in the field yesterday. Um, so, and then let's move over here to Nolan Arenado. And, and for those of you that don't know, Arenado had just an absolutely down month in the month of July, hit well below 300. Um, you know, the Rockies had the worst statistical month in franchise history through July. Um, and it just so happens that Arenado had his worst complete full month since his rookie season. So, uh, but he, it appears that he has turned the page. He did hit two big home runs yesterday for the Rockies in that victory. Um, so obviously he seems to be breaking out of that slump, which is definitely a good thing um, for the Rockies. But, you know, Ian Desmond said after the Rockies win in that series against the Dodgers that, you know, they played a good game that game um, with John Gray on the mound and all that stuff. But he said, you know, hopefully it's not too late. And that's kind of the pressure that the Rockies are up against right now. Um, I saw there was a tweet earlier today that the Rockies' uh, playoff odds, according to fan graphs, are below 2%, and rightfully so. The club currently sitting with a record of 52-60. and 60, So not great stuff for them collectively, obviously. Obviously, that month of July really, really killed them. But if they want to make the playoffs this year, and, and that's really looking like a long shot at this point in time, they have a, a lot of ground to make up. Um, as it stands today, if the uh, if the season ended, there would be a, a two-way tie for that second wild card spot. But the first wild card would go to the St. Louis Cardinals, who currently sit with a record of 58 and 52. And then it's a split between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Washington Nationals, so two teams from the National League East. Um, they both sit with a record of 58 and 53. So um, not not too far behind them are the Milwaukee Brewers, who are a game above 500 with a record of 57 and 56. They're two games behind. Um, then you go down the list to Arizona, San Francisco. 
Um, then you have the Mets, who are a game below 500. They're three games behind. Cincinnati is five and a half games behind, behind the Mets, um, with a record of 52 and 58. And then you get to the Rockies, who are there, like I said, with that record of 52 and 60, six and a half games behind the wild card spot here at the beginning of August. So um, things are not looking great for them. And, you know, they're they're in fourth place in the National League West right now. Um, only really a game, of, a half game above the San Diego Padres. Um and it's just been a really strange year this year, you know, in the National League especially. There's a lot of these teams that have been competitive in spurts, but they can't, you know, string things together collectively for the entirety of the season. And, and you know, I think that's what we've seen from the Rockies here this season in regards to following that trend. So, um, you know, the Rockies, it was a big series win for them against San Francisco this past weekend. Kyle Freeland actually looked pretty decent. He hurled five innings in his start yesterday, um, allowing just two solo home runs. So, um, you know, he looks like he's improving to a certain extent, so that's good. Um, but again, guys, it, it's just looking like the rest of the 2019 season is going to be a little bit of a trial run for them. You know, maybe try some things out, um, you know, figure out what you have moving forward with some of these young guys and, um, you know, see what you can uh, do moving forward here, you know, as you prepare for 2020. And I know general manager Jeff Breidich has been very, very fond, and he spoke very highly of this Rockies core. And he's a firm believer that this club can turn things around, you know, in, in an offseason's time. Um, and I think rightfully so. You know, this core, I, I just talked about Story and Arenado um, mixed with Blackman and David Dahl, assuming he recovers from this injury. Um, yeah, that's a really formidable offensive core mixed with Ryan McMahon, who's uh, really grown as the season's progressed. Um you know, Garrett Hampson's another guy that could, can continue to grow. Um, Brendan Rogers, you know, we saw him for a little bit and he was okay in spurts, but you know, that's, he has some tenure. Um, so they're a very young and durable core for the most part with the, with the exception of Dahl and a couple other players. So, um, you know, offensively they should be okay. And then I think as you look ahead to the, to 2020, you know, you're going to expect for Kyle Freeland to bounce back. You're going to expect for Herman Marquez to bounce back and, you know, be much better than they were this season. And hopefully John Gray, you know, stays the same as he has this season and you know if you can even get half of what Kyle Freeland was last year pair that with you know solid outings from Marquez and Gray you know that rotation is going to be a, a lot you know more of a sure thing you know hopefully for this club um, and there's also certainly the possibility that they go out and explore, um, you know, the ability to add a free agent starting pitcher or a relief pitcher in that matter. So, um, you know, I do agree with Jeff Breidich and his, and his take that this club's future is very bright. I think it's a proper take, um, you know, assuming that they uh, put the right pieces of the puzzle together. So um, let's move on here. But uh, one thing I want to talk about in regards to the bullpen, obviously, um, Wade Davis has been demoted from the closers role to uh, he's kind of just a middle relief now. He worked uh, the sixth inning yesterday and uh, yesterday's victory against the San Francisco Giants and, and Scott Oberg nailed things down in the ninth so Scott Oberg for uh, the time being is uh, the go-to closer for Buddy Black and company but uh, one pitcher that I want to talk about in this bullpen is Brian Shaw um, and I want to give credit to the guys over at Purple Row um, Eric Garcia McKinley wrote this piece good guy um, and I was just doing some prep and seeing what was uh, floating around the interwebs regarding the Rockies and one thing that I knew that I had to keep an eye on um, was the contract status of Brian Shaw and you know I I googled, I googled just Rockies this morning, and this was one of the first articles that came up from Purple Row, so be sure to check them out at purplerow.com, but um, Shaw is technically at the moment only under contract through the 2020 season, um, but the, he does have this kind of vesting option for the 2021 season, um, you know, kind of depending on how the rest of 
this situation turns out. So I'm going to just read an excerpt here from the Purple Row uh, article, and then I'll kind of break it down for you guys. He says, as it stands right now, the Rockies have a $9 million team option for 2021. And given Shaw's performance, it's unlikely unlikely to be exercised. However, the option becomes guaranteed if he meets one of a few conditions. The Rockies will be on the hook for Shaw's 2021 season if he's healthy at the start of the season. And he, these are the three criteria here, has a 60... 60 pitching appearances in 2019 or 40 games finished in 2019 or 110 appearances in 2019 and 2020 combined. And then continuing here from the article, Shaw has finished with 13 games in 2019. Um, so he won't meet that criteria. Jake McGee has the exact same clause in his contract, but he's only made 30 appearances, but Shaw has appeared in 52 games so far. So that means if Shaw makes eight more appearances, he'll either be around occupying a roster spot in 2021 or the Rockies will be paying him elsewhere or nowhere. So essentially Brian Shaw, the Rockies, if the Rockies decide to use Brian Shaw eight more times at any given point this season, his 2002, his 2021 season becomes automatically guaranteed, um, which would be a little bit of a bummer for the Rockies, if I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, Eric highlights it in here based off the way that he's pitched over the life of this contract so far. Um, you know, I don't think the Rockies are going to want to re-up Brian Shaw, who at that season will be, you know, two years older than he is right now. Um, and you know, it's just, it would, it would just be really, really unfortunate if that was the case. But Eric points out a really, makes a really good point here in the article that these numbers were relatively low for someone of Shaw's stature. Um, he, you know, before signing with the Rockies was known to be a workhorse and innings eater and uh, one of the most consistent pitchers in the game. So the fact that, you know, the 60 appearances and whatnot was the threshold seems pretty low in my opinion. So, um, you know, that might come back to hurt the Rockies here because Shaw has been okay this season. And, and you know, considering how poor the Rockies bullpen has been, um, you know, he's been one of the go-tos for Buddy Black. So if you can only use him, you know, seven more times without his uh, option becoming guaranteed, you know, that, that might hinder them a little bit and uh, put them in an uncomfortable position. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um, here moving forward. But I also want to talk about the bullpen here uh, real quick, guys, um, because, you know, I've talked about how this this season has been a lost cause throughout the podcast um, over the past couple of months and how it's been dismal and how it hasn't gone according to the plan for the Rockies. But one thing that I that I was thinking about the other day and I decided to write an article for it um, on MileHighSports.com is the young arms in which the Rockies have been deploying within the bullpen. Um, you know, obviously the season has not been great for the Rockies, but they've had to kind of pick and, you know, they've had to, it's been a carousel of sorts, really, um, in that bullpen. You know, you have guys like Carlos Estevez, Scott Oberg, um, Wade Davis, and Brian Shaw, Jake McGee, you know, they have been steady, you know, consistent figures in that in that bullpen for the past couple seasons, you know, with Estevez on the fringe here a little bit, um, but then, you know, there's been a lot of new faces, you know, Yancy Almonte, Jesus Tinoco, Sam Howard, Jairo Diaz, you know, these are guys that are, are young, all under the age of 30, that have yet to really... Um, blossom at the major league level and I think you know there's been a lot of growing pains from the Rockies at this point this season um, especially through their bullpen but I think this could be a good thing you know and I talked about earlier in the podcast how this is going to be a little bit of a trial run for the club at this point in time um, you know they should continue to throw out guys like Estevez and Tinoco and Diaz and and all these guys and continue to give them run and work at the major league level because um, and I'm going to read you guys some quotes from my piece at MyLifeSports.com you know Buddy Black the manager he really highlights the importance of 
drafting and developing your own talent. So here's a couple quotes from Buddy. He says, quote, every organization will tell you that scouting and developing players is crucial. The more guys that you have in that flow of players, the better off you're going to be. And, and to, you know, kind of go off that, the Rockies currently find themselves in that flow of players. They tapped into that flow this season. You know, seeing guys like Almonte and Howard come up, you know, that weren't necessarily expected to you know contribute even peter lambert in the rotation side of things um you know so they've tapped into their reserves here a little bit um so that's definitely something to uh you know that's interesting from buddy and he continues to say you always want to develop your own players because you know them more than any other player that you will acquire so the rockies are very keen on drafting and developing their own players and and, you know buddy reiterates that um and you know scott oberg has been kind of that this dark horse candidate um for the closer here this season he's been really really solid one of the best relief pitchers in baseball this year um and buddy speaking of oberg saying you know he's been great and then he also says i think we have a few more coming there are some guys that we feel like will develop in time and i'm assuming at this point that he's referencing tinoco howard almonte guys that have um you know floated in and around the major league roster in triple a albuquerque throughout this season so um I, I also had the opportunity to catch up with uh, Carlos Estevez, and the reason I honed in on talking to Carlos is because he's pitched with his clubs, you know, dating back to the 2016 season. So he's had experience, you know, even under the Walt Weiss regime. I remember that was my first season covering the club, um, and you know, we all thought that this guy had electrifying stuff, but he needed to refine himself on the mound. Um, he didn't really play at all for the Rockies last season, um, and this year he's become kind of a, a consistent figure in that Rockies bullpen. And he tells me, "quote We have good talent. These guys throw pitches." that move everywhere we're going to be fine with these guys they just need to grow a little bit more like i did at one time getting sent down and then coming back up so tinoco and howard and almonte they find themselves in the same place where estevez was a year or two ago and we've seen how estevez has grown and matured in that time and you know has really become a formidable arm for the most part in the in this rockies bullpen obviously he's had some missteps but uh he has been good um, for the Rockies at times, and if you know Almonte and Tinoco and these guys can can develop like Estevez did, you know this Rockies bullpen is going to be have a lot of options in the future, and it's going to be relatively affordable. You know, a lot of these guys don't make a lot of money, which will allow the Rockies to go spend more on their rotation or on the field. Um, you know, in regards to position players. So, um, just thought I would highlight the bullpen because I think that's a really really important talking piece right now. Um, you know, in terms of what's left for the Rockies to accomplish this season. And I think it's kind of coming up with a plan for the future and seeing what you got internally to kind of understand your organization better from a winning perspective. That way you can decide where you want to, you know, pick and choose to buy if you decide to do that um, in the off season. So, that's going to do it for me on the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, guys. Really hope that you guys enjoyed this one. Kind of covered a bunch of different topics, uh, talking about Freeland and Arenado and Story, Brian Shaw's contract situation, and then uh, finishing up here with the bullpen arms and and how critical they're going to be here for the future. But as always, if you guys are a fan of my work and you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on, be sure to follow me on social media. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Media by AP and on Instagram at avp.media. Really do appreciate it when you guys give me a follow on those platforms. Also, be sure to stay up to date with all of our good content over at My Life Sports. Three different ways to consume. We have the online site, the magazine, and the radio station. Uh, AM 1340, FM 1047 for live and local programming five days a week, even on the weekends as well well so seven days a week really um 
online, mylifesports.com is where you can find a bunch of my work in addition to my partner Luke's. Um, you know, not just for the Rockies though. We have Broncos content, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rapids, Buffs, Rams, all that good stuff. Be sure to check us out at mylifesports.com for your one-stop shop for all things Colorado Rockies. And then finally, last but certainly not least, the magazine. You guys can pick up a copy of My Life Sports magazine all across the front range at King Supers and Safeway and Albertsons and all your local grocery stores, um, all the way from Foco to Castle Rock. So be sure to pick up a copy of that. It is a local version of Sports Illustrated. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. But uh, that's going to do it for me, guys. Rockies off here on this Monday in August. They'll be back starting a three-game series with the San Diego. Is it a? They're starting a series with the San Diego Padres, I should say, um, tomorrow night in San Diego. So that'll be an exciting one. Um, I'll be back at it with the latest with a new podcast here in a few days. Um, be sure to stay up to date with all of our work on my life sports, and we keep you locked and loaded with all things Colorado Rockies. But uh, until then, guys, enjoy the off day, and we'll talk to you later.